Hello, this is Godfather. Cliff Notes for the mind and soul. You have found us. I am Greg Heineke, a middle school principal and lifelong learner. Everybody, I am Keith Long, Lutheran pastor and published author. How's it going, Greg? It is going very well. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm How are excellent. You? It's good. good to hear your voice. It, it uh, is good to hear your voice. Beautiful, busy October. And uh, we got lots to lots to dig into. I'm, I'm yeah. excited to to talk tonight. So, yeah, I think we're. Uh, I, I I think we have exceeded our our number of uh, categories. Uh, at yes. least I have. Uh, so we have been the last few episodes. We've been um, having four different areas, uh, and then kind of talking about a few of them. I'm gonna spin it a little bit, but we're gonna start with because. I know that I've seen, read, and heard numerous things. So I want to hear what you have seen, read, and heard lately, my friend. I've been busy as well, seeing and reading and hearing, uh, doing (laughs) lots of uh, of consumption of uh, creative, uh, uh, what's inspiration, I guess. I like to to dig into lots of different mediums and uh, when I'm in writing mode, I'm kind of just in writing singular focus mode, but I've been, that's been kind of dwindling a little bit as I'm getting ready to publish. And now I've just been consuming uh, like a machine. So yeah, uh, seen, I have uh, watched a couple of documentaries that were really great. I watched uh, Count Me In on Netflix, which is a documentary about drummers. Uh, really? like, like like rock drummers and and drumming and okay. it was so cool oh i love it as a as a frequent air drummer it just uh <laughs> it was just epic it was so good to just you know see them be so passionate about their craft and to kind of walk you through what was inspiring to them and how they got into it and the different you know techniques and uh it was just super cool so highly recommend that that's on netflix i watched uh this thing the uh, untold series i think it's put out by espn maybe okay yes uh, yeah that's on netflix uh, and so i watched a couple of those one that stood out to me was malice in the palace uh hmm. about the uh the the fight uh, between the Knicks and the Pacers when uh, oh. wh- when they went into the stands, uh, yeah, back in geez, I don't remember what year it was, uh, but uh, uh, late nineties, wasn't it? Yeah, or... late nineties. I yeah, I want to say ninety eight, but it maybe was later than that. But anyway, uh, it was that was really interesting to kind of get the full story of what happened because you only got snippets of it from the media. And so to hear the players talk about it and all the people involved in it had a chance to kind of chime in. So that was really, that was really good and just kind of disturbing though, too, uh, to, to just, again, hear how it was just this perfect storm of disaster that came together Hmm. uh, that night. And uh, so that's, that's another thing I recommend. I watched the. Uh, are you familiar with the the series? It's in their second season now. The movies that made us. So no, I don't think so. Oh, so that's another series on Netflix. The movies that made us. The last, the first yeah. one was like 
Home Alone and Have you talked about that before? Why do I, I know maybe. That? Yeah, I don't know if I did. I might have talked about it. Um but that's, in there, a, yeah. that's like that's my life. Oh man, you <laughs> would love it. That have made me. Yes. That's so like, the ones in this season, the ones in the yeah, Netflix, the ones in this season is uh Back to the Future, oh. Pretty Pretty Woman, Jurassic Park and Forrest Gump. Oh, those are yes, that's, fantastic, fantastic oh, stuff right. to find I'm, out how they put those together. I'm not going to spoil anything. I I want anyone listening to this to go and watch that. If those movies were as important to your uh, movie going experience as they they are to mine, you, you mm. won't be disappointed. It, it's uh, it's really well narrated and 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 really great uh, insights into how how those things almost were not. Uh, almost all of them went through incredible strife just to make it to the film, uh, make it to the screen. Uh, with the exception of Jurassic Park, that one, like they always knew it was just a matter of how good it was going to be. Uh, and and that was the birth of computer graphics. Yeah. Uh, c- computer generated effects. Uh, that was the film where where that became a thing. And the claymation stuff kind of went went extinct. Uh, in the middle of production, <laughs> so um, so that was that was pretty pretty good. Um, Seinfeld is now on Netflix, yeah, and yep. I'm gonna watch every single episode <laughs> because I'm pretty sure I missed quite a few of them. Um, I, I think I've seen a, I've probably seen seventy five percent, but I'm I know there's a quarter of them that I I haven't seen. So uh, I'm going to go back and I'm, I'm in like fifth one in. So. Yeah. And especially um, kind of the, the last couple seasons where, right, you know, the early yeah. ones, you go back and watch those kind of while you're watching the, the latest ones. So at least that's, that's what's happened with me, like friends and some of those similar types of sitcoms. Yeah. Right. Right. Cool. That's awesome. So I've been doing that. And then, and then the other night, uh, Rebecca and I were just like in a mood to watch a movie and, uh, they actually had some decent choices on Netflix, which I, I, normally they don't. So they must have gotten an influx of them. But have you ever heard of the movie? It's Robert De Niro and uh, Charles um, Grodin. It's from 1988 called Midnight Run. Uh, the, the title seems familiar, but no, I couldn't tell you a plot. Or it anything. was really good. It was a lot of swearing, but it was really, really funny and a really, a really good, well-told story. Uh, huh. So I had fun with that. So that's, good. that's all I've, I've been watching. So I've watched all that. So that's, that's yeah. great. Uh, wow. I've heard pod- podcasts. I've kind of been listening to a little bit more podcasts. Uh, Spooked is back. So uh, I don't know if it ever left, but I think right now it's subscription on Luminary and then only okay. a few of them get released. And so I've I've listened to the few that are free. Yeah, and they're just as terrifying as ever uh, <laughs> and, and interesting and provocative and really, yeah, mysterious. So I've, I've listened to a couple of those. And then and then this morning I needed a preacher. So I went to the Robcast and listened to uh, one of his episodes called and and then they all passed uh Hmm. and that was just really that was what i needed that was that totally uh was what i needed to hear and uh so that was really good and uh and i'm currently reading stephen king 11 22 63 
So that's uh, so kind of fairly recent. I mean, he punches out books like they're yeah, like little treats or something. You know, six. Oh man, this thing is this thing is probably eight hundred, and it's uh, two thousand eleven or two thousand twelve. Okay, so it is it's a decent, it's relatively it's yeah, it. yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, so that's been that's sucked me in. I'm I'm not even a quarter in the way in. Yeah, it's, it's really good. So that's great. Very cool. So seen Red Herd. Seen. Um, man, I mean, you got a huge list, and I've I've been watching <laughs> a lot of stuff too. I just haven't like marked them all down. Um, like like you've gone into, but the couple that I wanted to mention, um, been on Disney Plus. You have that, don't you? Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> okay. Um. So there's a new documentary. Speaking of documentaries, it's behind the attraction. So this just came out and it goes um, through its 10 episodes and different attractions and the history behind them. So, for example, we watched the Haunted Mansion and where that originated from. And it tells you the background on how it was being made um, and the people and starts in Disneyland and how it changed to Disney world or Euro Disney and, and, and historical things like that. And then we watched um, the creation of star tours. That was episode three um, and, and how that came about. And they um, went and got George Lucas before even, you know, all of this, this, the current stuff, we know where it was sold to Disney. So now it's like, a, I don't even know what you, what you call that a sub company or whatever of it, but, Anyway, behind the attraction, and it's just I love that stuff to to yeah. see them, um, you know, sh building Space Mountain, for example, and just that's that's again, like you said before, with the movies that made us. This is the attractions, and I've been there, and and am a Disney fan, so watching that and really mm -hmm. like that. <clears throat> um, we watched uh, Pixar's Luca um, mm -hmm. on on Disney as well, and hadn't. Hadn't seen it in the theater, probably would not have gone to it um, kind of during the pandemic and, and those types of things. But just an interesting twist on um, I don't want to call it the Little Mermaid, but it's um, this boy and his friend who are their sea monsters when they're underwater. And when they come on land, they, they look human and they're trying to um, he, he wants to go to school. Um, and it's just a, an interesting twist on people judging you and how you behave when they see you um, and, and how mm. they ex explore and, and, and grow up. So Luca, it, it was, it was certainly worth a, um, you know, a, a, a quick evening. Um, but the movie that most recently seen was worse. Have you heard um, this movie is 2020 with Michael Keaton. Have you heard of this? What's it called? It's called Worth. Worth? So Worth. W-O-R-T-H? As in, okay. so he is a lawyer uh, playing, uh, this is based on a real story. He's, he is a lawyer, Ken Feinberg, who um, is, the, it opens up, he's teaching to uh, a college class and is talking about a farming accident. And someone's been killed. Um, unfortunately, what is what's the life? What's the value of the life? What's the cost? Hmm. So you're like, oh, what's going on with this? And then it it's a big setup for he is the the lawyer that got the the job for after 9-11 and all of these people who are who were killed. And how is the country going to help pay for their lives? What's a life worth? 
Mm. And a fascinating story because another thing that I've seen was um, 9-11 One Day in America. Um, the documentary, it's about six episodes on uh, National Geographic on just the background of what transpired with all the different people um, and the few that made it out, 14, 14, I think, of all the individuals that were kind of there, as well as obviously the first responders who did not make it out and their siblings and, and whatnot. Mm. So this was just actually coincidental. I didn't even know. I, I wanted to see it because I read a thing on Michael Keaton has a new um, show, and I can't even tell you the title of it, out on Hulu. Um, and they said not since um, Worth has he he's kind of come back full around. And um, it was an article about how he was a, a, a star in the 80s like Tom Hanks and they've kind of gone a different routes and whatnot. But interesting because the history there, I mean, what is a life worth and what is it? You know, the you have these top executives who died and you have other people yeah. who were who were just yeah. workers, you know, in a regular yeah. office building. So that's on Netflix as well, if you want to check that out. Um, my um, listening, my hearing is, uh, I, I listened to an episode of Freakonomics. Um, oh, went, went back yeah. to that. Do you know that um, pollution can make you dumber? <laughs> Believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it, it starts off like an awesome episode. This is from the summer in August, and it's talking about how pollution kills you know millions of people a year and costs the you know, the country trillions of dollars and from you have heart disease and strokes and whatever. But then fascinatingly goes on to um, talk about studies on people who areas that have had more pollution. And they they start with a, um, a study that was done with umpires, you know, so a skilled profession, mm. ma major baseball league uh, umpires. And they're those that are in cities that have more pollution and they do the the science behind it. Um, those that had. Uh, cities with more pollution and it were making more mistakes. Their decisions were, were faulty because of uh. the pollution. Now, again, correlated and such, and they go through all that, which is super fascinating. They go through and they bring on um, Angela Duckworth and Steve Levitt, and they do a, a challenge um, there in different cities, and they do these mind challenges or whatever, and they analyze that. It was just fascinating to see uh. how... Um, uh, you know, and, and low skilled people. And are you low skilled um, because there are jobs available in the smoky, polluted community? Or do you become low skilled because you live in the uh, smoky, polluted area? Isn't that interesting? That's super interesting. I love I love that show. I don't I, I listened to it a ton years ago. And yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, you I kind of pick went, and choose went so back to it. Yeah, go go check that out, my friend. So your brain on mm -hmm. pollution. So it's it's some mm -hmm. it's, uh, one from August. And then okay. um, I've been reading, actually, I'm, I, this, I, I'm stretching it because I do those audiobooks. but I wanted to yep. tell you about Seth Rogen's yearbook. Have you heard of this, this book? No, no. Okay. So this is where you got to do it on audio, though, because he is, he's, he's one of those, again, like Malcolm Gladwell and these authors that read their own writing. And the beauty of yeah. this is they, they've extended it. It's not just them reading the words. He's got clips of other people who are characters. You know, he's, mm. it's, it, it's called yearbook because it's stories of his life and what he's gone yeah. through. And he has clips of other people, um, making comments so it's it's back and forth and it, it is seriously laugh out loud funny i was i you know i listened <laughs> while i'm working out i was on a treadmill and i swear <laughs> i almost like 
caught my foot <laughs> and went down because it is hilarious. So the, uh, it's it's just recently out again. I think it's either 2020 or maybe even 2021, um, the beginning of this year. So Seth Rogen's yearbook. Um, oh, take that a list. Awesome. Take There's a list. So so few good humor um, books yes. out there that that are digestible so uh yeah that's yeah a good, good my brother recommended it and i think i think you gotta check it out all right so we have been choosing we've had like four different categories or topics or whatever to fodder um and you know i mean we, we talk about that it, it's cliff notes and as we've had an episode of say freakonomics or um revisionist history or whatever and we go through it and kind of talk about it i think this is more like this has turned into as as our season has evolved into more like intrigue or enticing, mm-hmm. you know, like like mm-hmm. we're doing right now is like little tidbits. I mean, I'm writing down these titles that you're telling me. I'm like, it's fantastic. I want to go yeah. and, and, and start watching. So I think let's it let's let's share our four and okay. then um, we, we don't need to like pick and choose a number or whatever. I'm just going to tell you the four yeah. and you tell me yours and then yeah. the one that you want to talk about. But let's just talk about it. Sounds so, good. Here are my four. Okay. Okay. My four are James Bond, Disney World turning 50, The Wonder Years slash Wonder Years reboot, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. television, streaming television versus network television. Those are my four. Oh. Okay. All right. What are yours? Not those. <laughs> uh, so, so I'll tell you what how mine are related. But uh, yeah. right now, uh, uh, have sexual education. Okay. Paradise. Trees. And storms. <laughs> okay. Not not mine. <laughs> <laughs> so. So these are actually all related to my new book that is uh, is dropping uh, right as we speak. Oh, awesome. uh, I, I uh, submitted it yesterday and it's still in review and it should be active uh, either later tonight or, or tomorrow. Uh, October 11th is the day today or October 12th. And yep. it's called uh, Between the Trees, Reflections on Life and Death in the Garden of Eden. Oh, and so, nice. uh, so these four things come up at least, uh, you know, in some way, shape, or form, in in the book, and uh, and so that's why I chose them. Nice. Well, I'm going to jump on that train because mine actually. Let's let's put you in the quick hot seat. How yeah. are mine related? Any any possible way that you can see that? Well, this they, these are all this relate. is all media things that are uh, important to your i guess um entertainment uh experiences yeah over yeah the years. I, think, I think so whether you know like it's not this the movies made us or me but it's certainly this nostalgia thing that have come up so there's a new james bond movie so again if we talk about that i'll go into those details disney world is turning 50 i'm 51 the wonder years oh it's like if it's not my top, it's one of the top um, sitcoms that that I've I've loved. And now there's a, a another version out. Um, and then just TV is a little bit on the fringes there, but um, there's a connection. So it's kind of that thinking, you know, nostalgia is thinking fondly of the past, and uh, you know, 
going back to it a little bit. So mine do connect as well, though maybe yeah. not so uh, overtly well, as yours. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, can we start with yours? I, I wanna. Yeah, I want to start mean, with I want to start with the wonder about? the wonder years because I just <laughs> saw the trailer or the or the um, promotion for the new Wonder Years reboot, which follows an African American family. Correct. Correct. That's exactly right. They're on, uh, um, I think episode three, three or four. I think they've had three, um, and it is. It's uh, it's Fred Savage was the main character. Um, that followed through the 60s and into the early 70s um that was a program that was in the 80s yeah maybe i think it yeah i think it was done in the 80s it went for about six seasons um and then looked looked back on the like 68 into the early 70s yeah fantastic and loved it um because even though it was a little before my time as far as the setting i mean it's it's my you know they play music and life slows down type of thing like it, it's, yeah. it's it's movies right where you're having the memory and just so beautifully written um it, it's a coming of age you know yeah. and so you've got some of these the themes that are that are out there and, and that are done so well in the history there's history and it's showing then middle america and it, it's it's a white perspective but middle America and the challenges that are going on and, and how they live through it. And it's just, I, I just loved it, especially now because I bought, I've, I've purchased all of them and I've watched all of them. And just as an older adult, I watched them when I was younger, but now yeah. as an older adult, it certainly makes me think a little bit differently. So when this came out now, so Fred Savage is the executive producer of this oh. new, this new reboot, um, brand new, um, actor in fact he's he's brand new introducing so and so that i can't even have to look it up while we're talking here um brand new actor don't even know his name and he is it's now his perspective so from a black perspective growing Mm. up during this time as well and so very and Dooley hill he is if you're a west wing fan he was um the president's um kind of main support or helper or i don't know charlie he did a lot of things for the president so dooley hill and um then um don Cheadle, i believe is the oh. the voiceover just like uh. they did again in that in the original episode and just it's just great again especially it's very timely love that concept good writing and now to look at that that those days and those years but now from an african-american perspective and yeah. compare that just just fantastic that would be really good to watch uh as a family and yes. have conver- conversation with uh, is that on network or is that a streaming it, it is on network it's on abc okay. um and in fact because of it um it's so it's so short keith like so we just mm. dvr it and it's when you get rid of the commercials it's like 17 minutes you know i mean yeah, a half hour wow. sitcom super short um his name amari o'neill is a main character uh, elijah williams is the okay. main character again don Cheadle is the the narrator it's his life and he's looking back on it so that's it's on so cool i i uh ABC. i still yeah i still remember the wonder years and just the i mean now yeah, it would be interesting watching it from the perspective now of, of even more history and years in between but 
uh, I'm just super fascinated by this reboot and and what kinds of what era do they are they looking at like the early 2000s or is it like no they're looking at the same time frame oh so, they're looking at the same like at the yes, 60s and everything it's oh, just that's even it, oh that's just, awesome yeah it's just looking at it now from a gift again an African American perspective rather yeah. than yeah yeah huh. oh that's super cool. Yep. So this says a man recalls his experiences growing up in Montgomery, Alabama during the late 1960s. Mm. So mm. check it out. I mean, it, it's certainly worth it. it it's early on. Um, I've only seen again the, the first three episodes or whatever it is, but enjoyable to to kind of go back and do that and, and then add these other perspectives. Yep. So Sweet. what else did you want to talk about uh, of mine? Let's pick one more and then we'll jump to yours. Uh, let's talk about, we already kind of talked a little bit about Disney. Let's talk about, let's talk about James Bond. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about James Bond. Are you, do you, are you a James Bond fan? Uh, not really sometimes. Oh, absolutely. I'm an absolutely, I'm a James I, Bond fan. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. yeah. I, so I am as well. And I'm a, I, I grew up on Roger Moore, even though, it, yeah, he wasn't it for very long. It, it, well, he, or, he no, did, he, no, Roger Moore was. Roger I'm Moore was of... was there for quite a while. He, yeah. The so it goes, um, Sean Connery, Roger Moore, with in between there, um, the forgettable like George Lazen Lazen Lazerby or I can't even like he did yeah. one one movie, Timothy um, Dalton. Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, um, and then yeah, Daniel Brosnan Craig. did it for a while. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then uh, yeah, Daniel Craig's been doing it. And now, is this and Craig's last one? This is his last one. So he did okay. the contract of um, five, and there were rumors after the fourth that he wasn't going to do another one. And so I think, though, I haven't checked out for sure, but I, I thought I had read that this is the most. Um, gap of time from the previous the previous movie you know they always go if you if you're a james bond fan at the end of every james bond movie james bond will return in so and so and it shows yeah, you here's yeah, the next movie yeah. and usually you know a, a few years yeah at a, a point there they were cranking them out i mean again yeah, yeah. roger moore did seven or something they were just mm -hmm. almost year after year but um, Daniel Craig, and who knows? I mean, that may or may not have been related to the pandemic. But we have his last one coming out. Haven't really read or heard anything, but it looks they've been Daniel Craig is they've been really good, and they've been a little bit darker and and yeah. and looking at Spectre and and some history behind it. So I, I'm excited to to see a lot of James Bond, you know, stuff. The World lore Traveler. And the, the, and yes, the, the, the he, he's almost got his own like mythology at this point that goes with that story. And I mean, it yep. could be argued that every movie has its own mythology, but I think kind of like the, you know, the Harry Potter where you get into all the stuff, right? And I think Bond has just got, you know, all that stuff too. And yeah, I have enjoyed when they kind of got into M a little bit more and they, you know, show yes. a little some of these relationships and and um, yeah, I, I've I've enjoyed these Daniel Craig ones and uh, it's yeah, updated itself a little bit. I mean, the you yeah. know the older ones are very eye candy and sexist mm -hmm. and all those kind mm -hmm. of things that are just <laughs> yeah. part of what's going on there. And yep. now you know he's he's got the he's got characters that you know M um, Judy Dench right. Yep. Um, 
and the money penny is now um an african-american actress and kind of uh i don't want to call her a sidekick but she's you know she's up there with him and doing things so it's just i like that they've they've kind of made some steps and grown with the times a little bit more they haven't stayed back in there so i'm 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 eager to see it um i i watched you can get um it's on pluto have you heard this streaming service at least Uh, it's part of um i have uh xfinity and and comcast and whatever but so i just did a james bond search and there are so many movies and they're not all there but there were a handful of them whatever and we we watched one the other night so i'm revving up to see no time to die which is Uh coming out i think this weekend so yeah all right i love love james bond good 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 choice there let's jump to yours sir you've got some interesting pieces and i'm not even (laughs) sure how where to begin if there's organization i guess if i if i'm gonna pick one I, I'm I'm mostly intrigued by the storms idea and and mm. like are these kind of sections or chapters or how do you have them? Uh, laid out? Uh, so the storms are kind of they've been really I've had two real crucial storms that I tie the narrative around of of some epiphanies and life lessons uh, that that came out of. Um, came out of these storms and and uh and they're you know, they're they're good stories to tell you know uh telling a, telling a story about a storm and but also just kind of my fast my lifelong fascination with storms and weather and yeah and and how you know i can't I, i'm glued you know to the to the window when when i when there's lightning and and wind and you know and yet how there's obviously you know storms can can be horrible, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. and, and their devastation. And it's like, you know, if you can get a good balance, uh, a good balanced storm, that's not, you know, destructive or, you know, uh, injuring people, killing people, but can rattle you and, and really get you to think about, you know, how do you survive a storm uh, mentally, um, Primarily, you know, physically, I think we all know what we're supposed to do, but mentally, how do you get through a storm? And Mm -hmm. so I've got a couple of storms, one from camping when I was in my 20s with Rebecca and another storm from Boundary Waters uh, that really, you know, shook me uh, being in the most vulnerable place of all, you know, the middle of the wood and the wind and the yeah i mean i don't know how you can't have like true fear if you've ever if you've been out like that and i i've not been up to the boundary waters to be in a situation like that fortunately but i have been on lakes i grew up Mm -hmm. in minnesota and you talk about being vulnerable yeah there's there's nowhere for you to go there's nothing for you to do right um yeah and i it is that's the physical thing like just because i know that i should seek shelter <laughs> like yeah if you're and out it's on like the okay lake, like there's, right there's certain things that you just you, you know you're instinctively doing but it's just like the you know sensing a storm and then and then again you're in it and a lot of the times you know as with anything in life it's the anticipation of something that is that is scarier than the actual thing but you know i think storms it's kind of both and it's the anticipation and then it's actually yeah. the storm itself you know yeah uh, and and so just how to grapple with that what i did that got me through each one 
and then again, you know, uh, what it taught me and, and how that's been useful, you know, today and, and going forward. And, uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's, that's where storms comes into okay. play. Yeah. I like that a lot because I, I think everybody can relate to something related. You can, is everyone can relate to something similar at least. And, right. and then did you get into kind of, like you said, the mentality of it and, and the mental storms yep. that people have to go through? Well, exactly. There's, you know, there's an actual, you know, the literal storms. And then of course there's, there's yeah, all the tests and trials, the metaphorical storms that we go exactly. through and, and how, you know, both can inform the other and, and, uh, and I just think it's just, it's rich imagery that's been with us for ever, you know, I mean, yeah. Bible, Bible's chock full of uh, stories and, um, you know, ancient myths and fiction stories. And, you know, uh, there's just, it's just one of those, you know, man versus nature. And I think it's just always going to be compelling. Yeah. Well, and nature, like man seems to, humans seem to make it through. And I'm yeah. not sure sometimes. <laughs> exactly. Like, How the heck? Did How? That but they do. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. do. Well, let's jump to the other end, kind of, at least in my mind. So you've got these storms and such. How about the paradise pieces? Is that the Garden of Eden or does it have more, more to it than that? Well, that's kind of what I mean. Before I told you the title of the yeah. book, what came to mind when you heard the word paradise? <sighs> well, not the Garden of Eden. I mean... What, what came to mind is, is a paradise, lo, like a location in my own mind, you know? So, and mm -hmm. I, I think of kind of the more tropical thing and for whatever yeah. reason that that's what comes to mind is like just beautiful water. Um, you know, the, the weather is, is it, it's, it's dusk. If we're getting to a specific time of the day, it's not too super hot. Um, you're with people that you love or respect or enjoy. Um, you know, there could be if you keep going with food and music and things along those lines. I guess that that's what I start to think about. Not not necessarily like um, the Garden of Eden or the end of life. You know, one day you'll be with me in paradise type of thing. Like I, right. I took it more literally, I guess. Yeah. What, when you said it. Right. So I'm just, it's just, for me, it's just curious because I think it, it's one of those words that works with the context, you know? So like if you were in church and paradise came up, true. you know, you'd That's immediately true. think Garden of Eden. If you're, yeah. you know, anywhere ba bas basically but church, you're going to think of, you know, Hawaii or, you know, the tropics or, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, and so, but uh, in terms of, you know, you know, paradise has been equated with heaven and the yep. afterlife and, you know, paradise has been equated with this place where we were supposed to be perfect and then somebody screwed up and now we're no longer, you know, it, it's yeah. so I just, I, I'm kind of wrestling with, with what that story from Genesis, you know, um, means and, and how well it's aged and what can be changed uh, to better, you know, suit, I think, think our our needs as 21st century humans and uh yeah just kind of you know grappling with those different uh, paradise uh you know subject material from particularly from from you know scriptures but uh, yeah but yeah so it's just it's just one of those words where i don't i don't ever hear people even though it's in a biblical from a biblical standpoint people talk about paradise 
you know, as heaven. I, it's you rarely, and you know, obviously, there's the text where Jesus says, "Today you'll be with me in paradise," uh, and yet how heaven centric mm. we've become uh, in mm. Christianity, where you know people don't talk about uh, they don't they don't they usually say heaven, they don't usually say paradise. True. Uh, and so, yeah. You know, and yet heaven, you know, sort of comes up, but it is more of a cultural um, thing that's happened over the years versus, I mean, again, biblical interpreters have inserted it, but uh, it was usually like kingdom. um, And then it, you know, kind of became heaven and, you know, towards the New Testament kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway. No, context. That's that's resonating, too, is. Is exactly that. Look to the heavens, kind of things. You know these, right. the phrases and such. From unfortunately, again, beyond the church is the is movies. You know the power yeah. of a, of a movie, and depending upon how the context is. Right. All right. right. We got to squeeze in one more because I. I mean, man, you start with sexual education, <laughs> <laughs> and then you go on to these others that somewhat fit. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. So, so dude, we got to touch on that. So along with the Garden of Eden is this, you know, these naked human beings without yeah. shame, and and so again, kind of starting with that and. You know, why were these words and concepts chosen and what was going on for that time period? And again, how do we talk about it and make it relevant for us today? And so I just was kind of, again, bringing up how, uh, you know, I doubt anyone would kind of go in that sexual direction had the author not said anything about, you know, and they were naked and they weren't ashamed. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of just like, well, you know, why would you even say that? You know, if if there if, you know, like it sounds like you might be ashamed that mm. they were naked, you know. Interesting. Yeah. And so it kind of just again going to that and then and then going into how this story has informed our relationship with sex as an entire culture. Mm. And how it really it has that influential power for better and worse and i kind of go at it more from it it's i think it's made us worse in dealing with sex because it it got that that big fat s shame card attached to it and then it was like oh no we don't talk about those things and then it became really secretive and then all of a sudden you know because you know what happens when you make something a secret or you make something forbidden it becomes super attractive and enticing you know, mm-hmm. and especially as, as a youth and now mm-hmm. you want to do these things that are, again, in this forbidden, you know, uh, forbidden area or paradise or whatever. And and so I just I just think that it really, unfortunately, you know, uh, I think it just was a detriment to our understanding of, of, of sex and the mm-hmm. naked body and, the you know, and all those kinds of things. And then and then just thinking of like what do they do for sex education today? Because my sex education was really weak. Like mm. it was a film strip about, you know, 
pitchers and catchers mitts and and it it was like nobody wanted to ask no one you know the teachers didn't seem like they were comfortable talking about it It was like oh you're teaching math this year and you drew the short straw and you're gonna do sex education you know like yeah or you'd get somebody in there that was like dr ruth who was just like super wanting to talk about sex and way into it and everyone's just like i don't know what to do with this person you know yeah uh, so i'm yeah. just kind of curious as a, you're a teacher and a principal do they still teach sex education like what do they do for it today yeah um and uh, you know even that is pretty wide open depending upon the district and the schools and the approach i mean the the quick response is it's part of health education there's usually something late elementary school and that's kind of traditional and and anyone can correct me on this because I'm obviously not in an elementary school, but I believe it's still the separate the boys from the girls and you focus on, you know, males focus on males and here's what's Mm -hmm. starting and happening females vice versa. And then about in seventh grade, you have again, more from the reproduction though, is the approach, you know, and even that has different connotations and, and such. So it's, this is how, this is, this is how bodies work when you get into the sexual stuff and the different areas and um, whatnot that gets into usually high school health. And that, that I still think is dependent upon, you know, the person there certainly is a lot of, you know, we never had um, the World Wide web um, you know, and, and, and some of these things that are, that are available, whether that's educational or pornographic or whatnot. I mean, anything and everything is out there. So, you know, and by the time that's, that's the talk too, is to, that you need to get that information to them. So they have the information that's correct younger by the time you're in high school, you know, you're 16, 17 years old. You have people who are pregnant and such by then. Right. I know. It's just like, and it's like, you know, I get it. I get the struggle. Like you, is it, is there a too soon to teach it? Uh, you know, do you, do you, people feel like, oh no, you're, you're influencing people or you're right. influencing kids and right. And yet I guess I kind of fall in the lines of like it, it, there really can't be a too soon, uh, you know, in terms of like middle school. I mean, right. You know, I, and I would think even like fifth graders, you know, would, it would probably be a, a good, a good thing to at least start the conversation. I think the um, challenge comes from the, whether it's religious or not, but the family, and people yeah. having their, you know, as they should. I hope they do have thoughts and opinions. Yeah, it's a right. problem if they don't. That's my opinion about it. But yeah. how yeah. to do that? How to how to do that well? And I guess for me, being an educator, let's start with information that is just straightforward. And then, yeah. as the parent, I can talk about how I feel about it, whether that's with a religious view or not. Because um, then we can we can have some good conversations and. And I think we're getting better at it, but people have been, you know, it's like you said at the beginning, people get uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable yeah. to talk about that with your, with your parents. Right. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. I, I, and I kind of say in the book, I'm like, if I had that conversation with my parents, I don't remember it. It doesn't mean yeah. that it didn't happen. It just means <laughs> I don't remember it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like I blocked it out. It was not memorable. <laughs> yep. Well, I'll, I'll bring you back to the wonder years. Cause one of the episodes is, uh, is exactly that finding some uh, kind of nudie magazines in the basement, and it's just an interesting take on on how they handle it. And they do it so so well. The mom talks to the mom and the dad talk to the son. 
It's just mm. again, this is this is the 1960s. So yeah. whether that is actually happening or not, what I love is the spin on exactly what you're talking about here. Is it, it should be? It, it, it should be. It's a family piece. It's a mother yeah. and a father with the child, whether that's a male or female, um, and having having some good conversation about it and not yeah. being shamed, shamed about it. It is natural. Um, yeah. and, and how to do it appropriately and when to do that. So awesome. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to seeing it drop and, and having it available. And is that on Amazon then, did you say? Yep, or it'll be on Amazon. So it just uh, it's called Between the Trees, Reflections on Life and Death in the Garden of Eden. You can just write in Between the Trees, Keep Long on Amazon. It should come up. You, you could even look for my other book, Doubting Faithfully. Nice. Uh, and that it should come up on the same page or, uh, you know, from this author kind of thing. Okay. So uh, cool. should be, should be any day now that, that the print's available, the, the ebook is already, already live and, and, and ready to be purchased. Um, okay. So if you have a, if you're a Kindle reader, uh, it's, it's, that's all re- ready to go and, uh, and, and on there. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for people to read it and, and hopefully have some conversation about it. So nice, nice. Well, that's all that we have for you this time. Godfather artwork designed by Chuck Bennis. Theme music, as you know, is from The Godfather, composed by Nita Roto. We appreciate you listening, and we hope that you will join us again real soon.